Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. With me, as always, is senior staff writer and my co-host Ryan Whitfield. And returning to join us for a record third time in a row is one of our other senior staff writers, Joey Alibro. My name is Akun Wong. I'm the editor-in-chief. And we've got a lot to talk about this week. Before we jump into that, I know most of our listeners at least paid somewhat attention to the uh, college football team. And uh, Joey, I know you guys got a lot invested here in uh, Georgia, and we had some words about Georgia. And boy, man, did they implode against Alabama in that fourth quarter. What are your thoughts on Georgia and whether they should have made the college football playoffs? Uh, it was just a devastating loss on Saturday. Um, I didn't really give us a shot to win either way, but the way we lost was just extra special. Um, <laughs> that fourth and 11 fake punt call uh, was just absolutely wow. ridiculous. I didn't Horrible. understand it at all. He tried to hide Justin Fields on the punt formation, our backup right. quarterback, freshman, number two rated quarterback in last year's recruiting class, and it did not work. It's cool Nick Saban, leave that. Um, yeah. I had buddies text me all game uh, saying, wow, you guys might pull it off. And I knew something was going to go wrong. And I was right. <laughs> I, was, I thought they had it in the bag. They looked so dominant against Tua. And then Tua went out, and I thought, well, this, that's it. And then Jalen Hurts came in and just completely just rolled. Just completely rolled. And you're right, that fake punt was ridiculous. Once Alabama, it was clear Alabama was playing a safe, pre, uh, was playing a, a safe punt. Uh, return formation where they were actually up against the line. So uh, they sniffed that out right from the get-go. That should have been a timeout, switch it up. That's actually punt the thing. Or at least, you know, tell tell them to, to snap it to the punter if they see something like that. So that was a huge, huge issue. So, uh, Ryan, do you have any problems with the way the uh, college football playoffs turned out? Uh, no, Notre Dame's in, uh, despite everyone whining about it because no one likes Notre <laughs> Dame not because they're not one of the top four. Um, so that, that, that I'm happy with. And, and as far as Georgia... Um, you know, I never thought they had it in them because, uh, you know, they're the Atlanta Falcons Jr. So the fact that they choked <laughs> away a, a lead in the second half is no surprise to me. There it is. Okay, and then we knew it was going to come eventually. I didn't think Georgia had a shot, but they really I, they surprised me. They were out there and playing, and then, of course, Alabama always pulls it out. What a bummer that was. But, hey, that's okay. I'll get count on Oklahoma and their high player. Uh, off. I'm not an Oklahoma fan at all, but I'm counting on them to at least give them a run for their money because, geez, it's going to suck up with Alabama already. There is actually a casino in Las Vegas that already started paying out people uh, who actually picked um, Alabama to win the conference, uh, the college football championship game preseason. So they're actually offering people the money now at a slight discount because they think they're going to get just rolled when they come collect at the end of it. What does that tell you about the college football championship? Anyway. We got lots of stuff to talk about. Let's go. We're going to be talking about uh, the updated power rankings. We got uh, some football playoff, uh, football fantasy football playoff advice. We got week 14 CFS picks. We got a whole lot more. So let's get rolling. All right. So before we actually get started here, I know that Ryan is uh, raring to go here. He has some some issues with the way things have uh, kind of gone as far, as far as officiating. And I know he's not the only one. So I'll go ahead and hit the red alert, everybody. Be careful here. This is going to be dangerous, I think. Uh, Ryan, so tell us, what are your thoughts on officiating? 
it's just it's unbelievable that it's the only profession in America, aside from being a weatherman, where you can be wrong as much as you are and, and still have a job. And, and the thing that's frustrating the most to me is I'm actually one of these guys that I hate, I hate replay. I think replay is ruining sports. It slows down the pace of sports. You know, in baseball in particular, a sport that's dying because of its pace is reviewing if, if the guy actually touched second base or not, the shortstop on a turn on a double play of game five at a 162 in the second inning. And, and you know, you're, ne- you're never going to get perfect. And, you know, the, the Dez play a couple years ago is the perfect example of you had a, a perfectly clean replay. And we all still disagree. So this fact that it's, you know, it's the same thing with the, with the college playoffs, that there didn't used to be a playoff, so they said put a playoffs in, and there's, now there's four teams. And people said, well, they need to go to eight. Well, I, last time I checked, everyone still bitches after the 64 comes out from March Madness about the 65th and 66th. So it's it just people want to bitch. And so you're never going to be perfect. But it's gone too far the other way now. The, the missed offsides this year has been ridiculous. I was at the Patriots oh, yeah. Vikings game this weekend. Um, on both sides, it was atrociously officiated. They were wrong all day across on both teams. It's not a Patriot take. This is an officiating take. And then I wanted the Steelers to lose on Sunday night. But anyone who watched that game knows that there was a blatant block in the back on the punt return. There was a horrible mm-hmm. offside on the first touchdown. I mean, San Diego right. was gift-wrapped that game because of a bunch of missed calls and not, not closely missed calls, egregious yep. missed calls. And they have right. a sense of entitlement because they're protected – and it shouldn't be one mistake and you're fired, but they've got to come up with a way to, uh, to hold these officials accountable. And it can no longer be a job for life like it is now. And it, it's making the sport unwatchable. That replay and the fact that they don't care about domestic violence. I know we weren't going to touch on it, so I had to, I'd throw that jab in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, just to, to put a finer point on it, um, there was a ridiculous false start in that game uh, between the Steelers and the uh, Chargers. Uh, I believe uh, Chargers right tackle Sam Tevy moved way before the snap, super, super obvious, and they didn't call it, and that ended up being uh, a touchdown, I believe. So that was a huge game changer. And, of course, uh, and then that New Orleans game, uh, the Alvin Kamara helmet-to-helmet hit in the fourth quarter, um, that actually should have gotten them the first down and back in, 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 in line for uh, a, a score which could have gotten them ahead in the game, but uh, that Jalen Smith hit on um, on Alvin Kamara was not even was was totally missed, and that's a that's a safety issue. That's a safety issue. That's not just a game issue, like a false start. That is a safety issue that they blatantly missed, and I I agree there are some problems there with the officiating, um, major major issues as well as replay. I think there are some issues there as well. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, any thoughts on that, Joey, on the officiating issues? No, I'm just super frustrated because it hurts the competitive nature of the game. Like if I'm a team, I'm okay losing if I just get outplayed. But when I'm playing against other, I'm playing against the uh, the refs and another team, it's just super frustrating. Um, I didn't see anything terrible in the bears giants game that I watched at one o'clock Sunday. It was just about an average game officiating wise, but that charger Steelers game, like Ryan said, was just ridiculous. Right. I absolutely Absolutely agree with all those things, and um, I don't think we can say any more than that because I was really, really frustrated when I actually saw it. So we got it out there, and not so bad, Ron. Not so bad. I thought you were going to be a lot meaner than that, so (laughs) that that worked out pretty well. But let me ask you guys about this before we get into the actual details of our power rankings. Mike McCarthy being fired by the Green Bay Packers. I mean, he obviously was responsible for a number of their wins. There are some questions about whether they would have done it anyway because it was Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, he's responsible for a Super Bowl win in his time there, but they've been on a downward slide for many, many years now. And I know that, Ryan, you've said that a couple times as well. 
But uh, I also remember that a lot of us have talked about the Packers this year getting into the playoffs and maybe even getting to the NFC Championship game. So what do you think here? And I'll start with you, Joey. What do you think here about the Mike McCarthy firing? Uh, honestly, I think it's a long time coming. Um, they've had struggles for about the past three seasons or so. Um, he's actually the second Super Bowl winning coach to get fired midseason. I believe the other was Don McCafferty of the 1972 Colts. That's way before my time. But um, I think, uh, like, big picture, this is going to be an important hire for the Packers, just considering their quarterback situation. Like, having – I know we throw around generational talent around a lot nowadays, but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is uh, not even debatably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So mm-hmm. – and he's got a really small window left considering he's in his mid-30s. So I think this is one of the most important hires in a really long time. But in terms of McCarthy, I think he lands on his feet, uh, whether it be as an office coordinator head coach within the next year or two. Um, I mean, he did win a Super Bowl. His offense has become bland over the past few seasons, but he's still a talent in the coaching world. Right, absolutely agree. Although, yeah, and there's a lot of question marks about what he did um, with um, the Packers this year. Ryan, why don't you sound off? What are your thoughts on Mike McCarthy and the firing? Well, I, I would like to thank you for being uh, either just a short mem- uh, having a short memory or uh, being polite tonight. But um, <laughs> forget the NFC Championship and our, our uh, preseason predictions. I had the Green Bay Packers winning the Super Bowl. So Yeah, um, I was going to – you know, I, I held back. I actually have that on my screen right now, Ryan. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally held back. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let him – I'm going to let him own it. This is, this is the type of person I am. And there you get. There you go, guys. Ryan owned it. He owns it when he gets it wrong, too. I think I, I think I do a pretty good job of that. I will mention that you know I did have Jair Alexander correct because he's the highest rated right, rookie true. cornerback, um, but I had the team wrong. Um, well, with that definitely. said, I'll uh, I'll touch on McCarthy first, and then I'll I'll do just a, you know two more small brags after that. Um, but Mike McCarthy, he's he's just as bad with with game management and the game clock as Andy Reid is without without as much offensive you know talent, and so. Uh, as far as a play caller. So he's got the bad parts of Andy Reid, but he doesn't have the good parts that Andy Reid does that kind of make up for it. Um, so I think this is a long time coming. This team for a long time has had, has had issues now. I mean, there's no reason you should be as bad as you are with this, uh, with this guy at quarterback. Um, his skill set aside, there, you don't have to dig very hard right now. Go out there and look. There's a lot of stories that this isn't just Mike McCarthy. And I've been telling you for a couple years on this podcast, Aaron Rodgers is a problem. And it's starting to look like it because he just wants to play backyard football. He doesn't want to actually take coaching. There was a quote today that they were picking apart uh, on the radio that I thought was pretty funny of him uh, talking about wanting coaching and how it's good to have someone to look back at things with. Almost, almost saying like that he doesn't want and he doesn't want to be told what to do in the moment. But sure, it's nice to have somebody to bounce off, you know, look at the game film and bounce ideas off of. Um, and it's not the first time I've, I've suspected with a player who's supremely talented that there's an issue. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, who just got released today, I called that in Carolina yeah. three years ago. And, and I'm starting to get the same vibe with Aaron Rodgers. It's not a knock on his talent or his athleticism. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it seems like he might be a little bit of a LeBron James, where he doesn't really want coaching. He just wants to do what he wants to do. And then everybody else is the problem when things go wrong. It's like you get all the credit, but none of the, none of the gruff. And uh, that, that storyline's kind of playing old for me at this point. Um, I've said multiple years, the last couple of years, that he's too talented to not – not just one, only one Super Bowl. 
He's only been to one. That's not mm-hmm. acceptable. I don't care who the coaching is, who the players you have around you. He's had decent defenses. He's had run games at times. He's never had the complete team. The, the example I always use with Tom Brady and why Brady, I always put ahead of Aaron Rodgers, besides the fact that I'm a Patriot fan, is that Brady dragged one of the worst defense in, in week 10, I think it was, of the 2011 season. Troy Aikman called that Patriots defense one of the worst defenses he's ever seen in his life. And they were, they were two minutes away from winning that Super Bowl. When is Aaron Rodgers going to do that? When is that Aaron Rodgers moment? So he throws a couple uh-huh. of Hail Marys at the end of playoff games. So, anyways, long story short, I don't, I'm not surprised Mike McCarthy's out. But now that he's out, I think we got to start really taking a hard look at Aaron Rodgers. And if there's more issues with the next guy in here, then you have to really talk about whether it's Aaron Rodgers or the, or the system around him. Yeah, I'm, I'm the first guy to rag on Aaron Rodgers only because I'm a Bears fan and I hate the Packers. But I do think he's actually a, a really good quarterback. And he, and although he doesn't want to take coaching, I think part of that might be he didn't want to take coaching from Mike McCarthy. So I, I don't know. I'm, we'll I'm gonna, I think the jury's still out. We'll see what happens uh, through the end of the year and into next year. So it'll be interesting to see what they do um, as well because they are obviously going nowhere this year, unlike what Ryan said at the beginning of the season. So let's ring the bell on that. <laughs> and let's go on to the power rankings. All right, guys, let's get let's get this rolling here. Uh, Joey, let's start with you. Give us your power rank, your updated power rankings, one to five. Yeah, I got a lot of changes this week. Um, I have the Rams at one, uh, the Saints at two, the Patriots at three, the Chiefs at four still, and I put the Chargers in at five. All right, all right. That's not none of that actually surprises me. It's actually pretty similar to what I did. But Ryan, let's hear you first. Yeah, so I I didn't move the Saints at all. I'm not off on them. That was uh, they weren't going to run the table. So that losing that game actually makes it a more of a likely chance that they're going to run the table, which I think they will from here on out. So mm-hmm. I have the Saints one still, Rams two, Chiefs are still three, and then my revolving door of four and five. Um, I have bounced your Bears out completely. I have the Patriots at four and the Chargers at five, and really between the Chargers, the the, the Steelers, and the the bears, it just, it just seems like none of them really want to be an elite team this year that they just keep coughing it up and, and choking games out at the worst possible time. So th- those three are, I honestly think they're in a different class. The Patriots are in, in the second tier by themselves. And then it's still the Chiefs, saints and Rams at the top by themselves. Yeah. And, and uh, Joey was, was uh, extra kind by not mentioning proactively the bear, the bears losing to his lowly giants uh, in overtime there. And it was like the most exciting, crappy ending game I've ever seen uh, that should not have been exciting for either of us, but for some reason became an exciting game. Uh, I blame a lot of things. Obviously, Chase Daniel is not any good, but either way, it is what it is. Um, it was a tough it was a tough loss, and I also bounced the Bears out of my top five after finally putting them in because I didn't have them in all season long until last week. So I have the Rams at one, the Chiefs at two. I have the Saints at three. And I have the Chargers at four and the Pats at five. So things changed a little bit for me. I moved the chart. I had the Chargers in there last week at five. They creep up a little bit. Um, I'm impressed with what they were able to do. I mean, they didn't have Melvin Gordon, and you know, the, I know Pittsburgh's defense is not really Pittsburgh defensive old, but they played in Pittsburgh, and I think they did a pretty good job um, doing what they had to do, particularly with Austin Eckler getting shut down. So uh, you know, I think the Chargers have a shot there. So let me just. It looks like that we essentially have the same five teams just in a different order here. But tell me, Ryan, why are you so big on the Saints still? Because you guys are too reactionary. I, they lost uh, – <laughs> excuse me, those Thursday night games are weird. And I understand that it actually wasn't a short week because I keep hearing that, that, you know, those games are tough on a short week. I mean, both those teams played on Thanksgiving, so they had a full week um, right. to prep for that game. 
So not a yep. tra- traditional Thursday night, but it's still a weird kind of weird primetime game. Um, I tweeted this out after the game, and I think that we're all so down on Dallas all these years, and they're kind of a laughing stock now, that I actually think it's fair to ask this question. I had put, Like I said, I put this out on Twitter, and it was kind of a 50-50 reaction. I got uh, over 100 votes, and it was, um, you know, am I crazy to start to think that Jalen uh, uh, Smith and uh, Vander Esch are the, is the best linebacking duo in football? Because if you watch them in that game, and I've now gotten to see them a couple of weeks in a row, they're extremely fast. They hit hard. They're extremely talented. They can cover. They can play the run. And so, I, I mean, I look at it and just say, again, I think that was a game that you could circle on your calendar was a good chance the Saints were going to lose. They weren't going to rifle off 17 straight wins on the way to a Super Bowl or 18 straight wins. Um, they lost open a day. They were bound for another one. And this is this is a team that needs to keep winning in the in the Cowboys whose defense is playing good. And I told you a couple of weeks ago that the Saints defense turned a corner and again, they only allowed 13 points. They continue. They keep holding teams under 20 or right around mm-hmm. that 20 mark. So, nothing I saw discouraged me. Does anyone really think that that was the real uh, Saints offense we saw the other night? Is anyone really concerned that Mike Thomas and Alvin Kamara and, and Drew Brees aren't, aren't going to put up points in the postseason? So I just I don't I don't really change anything in my um, in my purview there. Obviously, I think the Chiefs got worse because of Kareem Hunt and the Rams. That was a pretty uninspiring win. Um, so, you know, I don't think either one of those teams did enough to, to surpass the Saints at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting. So I, I assume that, Joey, you have some of the same thoughts because you only jumped the uh, Saints down to number two as well. So what are your thoughts there? I mean, you put the Rams ahead of them, but you still have them at two. Is there something you see in the Rams that you like better than the Saints? It was this loss to the Dallas Cowboys what motivated you to make the switch? I assume that's what it was. What is it, what the, what's the big difference here between the, your number one and two there? Yeah, no. Um, the loss to the Cowboys, I mean, it's it was kind of a fluky game, like Ryan said, that weird Thursday night. But I I do like the Rams a little bit better. Um, but that can change week to week as we do this every week. Um, uh-huh. So I don't really have any, like, bad opinions about the Saints just over one loss. I mean, it was a fluky game, like Ryan said, or whatever. But I still have the Chiefs at four. Because that game against the Raiders was kind of scary. Cause yeah, the Raiders are yeah. terrible. And that game was yeah. really close for a second. Like, decently close, considering yep. it's the Raiders. Almost the entire game. <laughs> one of the best yeah. teams in the league. So, I was mm-hmm. like, I, that kind of scared me out of moving the Chiefs up to three after I knocked the Bears out. So, that's why I have the Pats at three and the Chiefs at four. And we talked about the Chargers-Steelers game. Just officiating was off. But the Chargers still did pretty well. And they're sitting at eight or nine wins. Um, they could actually make a run for the division if the Chiefs keep struggling without Green Hunt. But um, yep. yeah, yeah, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is just too good. That's why I have him so high. Their offense is just so explosive. But you're right, the defense is a major issue, and you it's really hard to win with zero defense. You need to have something back there, uh, and it doesn't look like they're showing a lot of resistance now against a really terrible Oakland Raiders team. So let's ring the bell on that one. That's it for our power rankings. Let's talk about some fantasy football playoff advice because. Fantasy football playoffs have started for most of us, and I, I know that we all are all part of that in some leagues, and not all leagues, but some leagues. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, start with you, Ryan. What kind of fantasy football playoff advice do you have for our listeners? Yes, I don't think I have anything groundbreaking. I think that uh, in the playoffs particularly, uh, particularly um, that people tend to um, – I know, get the Tony Romo effect where you, you ramp up the, the pressure and the stress on yourself. And, um, you know, my, my big advice is you just do what you did all year long. Don't overthink it that, 
Um, you know, one thing I've seen um, kind of tweeted out the last couple of days, which is absolutely stunning to me, it was kind of what I alluded to in my Saints take there, is that I know Mike Thomas has been struggling lately. Do you really think that's going to continue? And I've seen people posting polls on Twitter. Should I bench Mike Thomas this weekend? No, you should not. If you lose in the first round of the playoffs with Mike Thomas on your bench going off for 25 points, you're not going to want to ever play fantasy football again. So don't overthink yep. it. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't get caught up too much in the matchups. Yes. If you have three or four guys that you're deciding between two flex spots between and one has a favorable matchup, you know, guys that come to mind are Corey Davis, who's hot and cold. Um, you know, a guy like Spencer Ware, who we don't really know a lot about now. Like, yeah, those, those are plays you're going to want to look at matchups and stuff. But over the, for the most part, don't overthink it. A guy who's been reliable all year, even if he's had a couple of down weeks, you know, you gotta, you gotta believe in, in the law of averages and they'll bounce back. So um, that's my overall advice and overall strategy is just to, to not change too much Do what, you know, keep doing what got you here. Yep. All right. Well, sounds good. All right, Joey, you want to, you want to give it a shot? What, what are your thoughts? What kind of strategy and advice can you give to our listeners regarding uh, their fantasy football playoffs? Yeah, just like Ryan said, just keep sticking with what you're doing uh, in terms of your starters. But um, I want to look at your, your, your bench, which is going to – you're going to want to change going into the playoffs. I look at guys that are uh, like high potential handcuffs or one of your studs or um, players are uh, injury away from getting major volume. So guys like if you have Zach Ertz, I'd go out and get Dallas Goddard for your bench. Um, Wentz has a propensity to target tight ends. Uh, almost more than any quarterback in the league. Um, another guy is Rod Smith, if you have Zeke, um, or Malcolm Brown, if you have Todd Gurley, because the Rams have the most rushing attempts. So it's like a volume guy right there. Uh, I'd also look at Rashad Penny. Um, he could see an increased role down the stretch here. And Chris Carson has been dealing with a little bit of a nagging hip injury. So I think mm-hmm. he'd be a good pickup as well for your, for your bench. Yep, most definitely. And I think that, Certainly with regard to uh, running backs, in my opinion, you definitely need to uh, handcuff your studs to the the extent you can. And um, if you read my article this week on waiver wire uh, pickups, it it is absolutely one of the things I stressed. And hopefully you did it right away to those who don't have waiver claims, because as we all know, James Conner having a high ankle sprain will not be playing in week 14 at least and may not be playing for the rest of this regular season meaning Jalen Samuels is your guy moving forward. So if you had read my column, hopefully you picked up Jalen Samuels because I didn't follow my own advice. I did not pick up Jalen Samuels in the one league that I have James Conner, and I am thoroughly regretting it at this point because did you guys know that in Yahoo leagues, Jalen Samuels is playable in your tight end spot. You could have the lead running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers in your tight end slot uh, for your fantasy playoffs. So just FYI. Uh, pick them up if you don't if you have a chance, particularly in Yahoo leagues. Here are some thoughts that I I have for uh, for people, and this is just a very very general. I, I took a look, and this is and I got this information from CBS Sports and from ESPN. Um, I tallied up the passing points allowed in uh, in PPR leagues, uh, and looked at which schedules would be best. And it turns out that two of the best passing schedules, so two of the schedules that have the, allow the most passing points um, in, the ne- in the next fantasy football playoff week, so 14, 15, and 16, are the Browns and the Bears. Now, so you don't see a lot of receiving options there you like, but honestly, that means that Baker Mayfield, if you're struggling for some reason and you need to have a quarterback, Baker Mayfield may not be a bad play at quarterback, or in two quarterback leagues at least, 
um, in the fantasy football playoffs. And Mitchell Trubisky, assuming he comes back and is healthy, may also be okay. The Cleveland Browns facing the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Bengals, and the Bears facing the Rams, the uh, the Green Bay Packers, and the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, the Rams allowing the sixth most passing points to opposing uh, uh, quarterbacks. So something to keep in mind. And then, so, and then one other tip on the running back level, Denver has the best r- r- schedule in the playoffs with regard to rushing points allowed. That means Philip Lindsay, the massive breakout, the guy that we all had our, had our – uh, had our hands on at the beginning of the season, which is totally wrong. I totally lied. It was Royce Freeman we all thought was going to run over this, run away with this. But Phil Lindsay ends up being the guy with the best uh, best uh, fantasy football playoff schedule against the San Francisco 49ers, Cleveland Browns, and the Oakland Raiders in championship week. So, wow, if you got Philip Lindsay off of waivers, you are probably flying high. Any last thoughts for our listeners, uh, Ryan or Joey, uh, regarding their fantasy football playoffs? All right, hearing none, (laughs) hearing none, let's move to our last topic because we have one more thing to talk about, and that is Week 14 DFS picks. So, Ryan, you want to fire away first? What are your thoughts on Week 14 DFS? Yeah, so I got a bunch of stuff. Um, I just want to touch on that last segment. I was uh, feverishly trying to to pull this up on Twitter, hoping Joey was going to have some last thoughts there. Um, Okay. But not to correct Joey, but I did see this on Twitter break late a couple hours ago, so I just do want to update our listeners um, yep. Malcolm Brown uh, is actually now out for the season with a with a broken clavicle. So if you're trying to handcuff Gurley, John Ooh. Kelly is the next man up in LA. Nice. That was ah, that came out today about a couple about two or three hours ago. Just so everyone knows. That. Yeah, no worries. Oh, man. Um, so, anyways, uh, so I, I'll, I'll run through these quick. Um, obviously, I'm big on on stack plays. So I'll do my my number one stack this week, um, and then I'll kind of address a couple other guys, and then I have a really good steal for you late for DFS. Um, hey. The big, easy, easy, easy stack play this, this week. The Chargers are at home against Cincinnati, who is 30, I believe it was 32nd overall, 31 against the pass, and 32nd against the run. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Phillip Rivers, 8,300. That's the first one. Uh, Keenan Allen, 7,900. Keenan Allen, over the last several weeks, has put up 18, 14, 19, 16, and 29 points. Um, and he's still 7,900, which I believe was an I'm, – I'm giving fan dual values, just so everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe he was the seventh highest receiver, so it's still pretty good value for a guy that's putting up that point total. Um, Eckler struggled last week, and Justin Jackson flashed. So I'm going to ride the hot hand, especially because Justin Jackson is still only $4,500, and he put up mm-hmm. 14.7 points last week. Um, so if he can get you in that ballpark again for $4,500 and you have the other money to go spend on a big-end running back, um, that's a nice play. So that's what I'm going there. Um, the other one I touched on this earlier, the release of Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, right now, Zay Jones, who figures to be a target monster, um, yep. is sitting at $5,100. Now, he's been um, kind of a weird last three weeks. He put up 19 points three weeks ago, zero points two weeks ago, and 22 points last week. Um, I'm going to ride the, the higher or the more consistent one of those three, of the three weeks that you know, happened twice, the high point volume, especially there's no other options there right now. Um, and then my secondary stack, and then I'll go into my big secret that's going to make you guys lots of money this weekend. Um, my secondary stack is Houston at home against Indy. Indy's defense is pretty good, but that Houston offense at home division game, they've been rolling, and all their guys are pretty fairly priced aside from Hopkins. So I love Watson at $7,800. Hopkins is 8600 but then you can get Lamar mm-hmm. Miller for 6500 
Um, so you pay a little bit of a premium for Hopkins, but I think the rest of it's going to make it worth it for you. Now, on to my big secret guy this week. If I were to tell right. you that I had a running back, now listen to this. This might get a little confusing, but just hear me out here. Who in his last six games has played three top ten defenses against the run and then three teams that were not top ten. In the three games that he played against top ten defenses, he only averaged 4.2 points per game in fantasy. In the three where he played teams outside of the top ten, he's averaged 20.5 points per week. He is this week going against the 30th rush defense in football, against wow. uh, at least according to FanDuel, and he's only $6,900. Would that be a guy that you would want to play this weekend? Sounds like a winner. His name is Sony Michelle. Now, the Patriots historically struggle down in Miami because the Heat, especially this time of year, Brady and Belichick historically struggle down there. My man Sony Michelle is from Florida, went to school in Georgia, and he destroys defenses outside the top 10, and he has almost the perfect matchup this weekend. Sony Michelle and only $6,900. You pair him and Justin Jackson, you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want with the rest of your lineups this weekend. <laughs> good, good advice there. I love it. I love it. All right, uh, Joey, give us your thoughts on DFS. Yeah, so I got uh, three guys and a stack that I'm looking at this week. Um, I like Travis Kelsey versus the Ravens. He's uh-huh. 8000 on FanDuel, which is a little high. Um, I know the Ravens have a pretty stout defense, but guarding tight ends has kind of been problematic for them. They've given up five touchdowns to tight ends in their last six games. Um, my next guy is going to be Chris Godwin versus the Saints. I know we talked about how the Saints defense improved uh, throughout the year, but they had that week one matchup where Tampa just kind of went off. Um, Chris uh-huh. Godwin had a really good game last week, uh, five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown, and he's only 4,900 on DraftKings right now. Um, my next guy is Aaron Jones versus the Falcons. We saw guys like Kamara, Elliott, Chubb, Barkley, and McCaffrey have really big games against Atlanta. Um, I believe he's sitting at 7,500 right now. And I like Packers in general against the Falcons this week, especially after the McCarthy firing because, um, you know, teams kind of just have, like, better games after their head coaches get fired. That seems to be a thing. So I like that matchup as well. Uh, Stack-wise, Ryan mentioned Chargers and he uh, mentioned Houston. But I like uh, New Orleans this week, Breeze, Thomas, Kamara. Uh, Breeze had 39 DraftKings points in week one against Tampa. And Kamara is actually averaging 34 DraftKings points against Tampa in his career. And, you know, we talked about that weird game against Dallas, but I expect a big bounce-back game for uh, New Orleans. All right. Well, that, that's all, all great, great options there in DFS. And I only got uh, two more to add for you, uh, all both of you guys. I mean, I, I love the Justin Jackson play, by the way, Ryan. I think it's great. I mean, he's only, uh, like you said, $4,500 on FanDuel, and he is actually only $3,800 on DraftKings against a really terrible Cincinnati defense. Uh, add on to that, the guy I just talked about, Jalen Samuels, he is only $4,600 on um, FanDuel, and he is only a measly um, $3,700 on DraftKings, and he's up against Oakland, the second-worst run defense in the NFL next week. Uh, I think he's going to be a monster there, and for $3,700, uh, he doesn't have to do much in order to reach value. And I'll throw one more guy into the mix for as running backs, as you can tell that I'm not going to spend up on running back this weekend. I love Jeff Wilson Jr., who is going to be taking over for Matt Breida in San Francisco. San Francisco. He has a, a little bit of a harder matchup against the Denver Broncos. It will be at home. Denver only has the, has the 11th uh, ranked rush defense in the NFL. But still, he's going to get all the, the run he can get. He's going to get all the uh, 
all the past uh, all the past targets as well. And for only $5,600 on FanDuel and only $3,800 on DraftKings, you get those three guys, Samuels, Jackson, and Wilson, into your lineup, and basically you can spend up everywhere else on DFS. So that's, uh, that's what I think about it right there. And we are now down to the end of our show. It always, always happens so fast. Let's blow the air horn on the show. All right, uh, Ryan, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? Yeah, um, as I'm getting ready here to say my Twitter handle, I do want to mention I was just uh, scrolling uh, through uh, Instagram while we were finishing up here and uh, just mm-hmm. saw Odell Beckham Jr. apparently said to Russell, Wilsper- to Russell Wels- uh, Westbrook, Jesus, do I need mm-hmm. to come this to this game Wednesday and lock you up or not? Which is funny because to play defense in the NBA, you have to have contact, which as we saw on Sunday, Odell Beckham Jr. wants no part of. You can follow <laughs> me on Twitter right. at Ryan Whitfield and Right. He, he, for some reason, he thought he was able to to you, to create enough wind from his hand to blow the ball outside out of bounds. So who knows? Maybe you know who knows? I, I don't know. I don't know Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know what he was thinking, but that's the way it is. Joey, you take your guy's taking a hit here, but give us your social media so people can follow you. Yeah, I'm gonna ignore that uh, Odell did. <laughs> uh, it hurts my heart a little bit that he acted like Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. But you can follow me <laughs> at Joey Libro. All right, and you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. As always, thank you for coming and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.